We're here to talk about all aspects of film, good or bad, from the perspective of wannabe filmmakers. Every episode, we'll dig into a movie, a performer, a director, or whatever in an attempt to unpack themes, rank favorites, and discuss successes and failures. The goal, in part, as amateur filmmakers, is to walk away with a lesson about the medium in each episode. This is the Greg and Matt Movie Chat. This is Greg. Yo. And I'm Matt. So let's chat. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us once again on the Greg and Matt Movie Chat. Today, we have a bit of a different episode. Uh, we're not really talking about any movies. We're not really talking about any actors or directors or performers, but we're actually talking to a performer. We're talking to a writer today named Patrick Campbell, who's a good friend of mine and has been for the last few years. Um, so without further ado, here's my conversation with Patrick Campbell. Patrick, how are you? Doing fine, Matt. Thanks for asking. No, pro no problem. So firstly, I want to thank you again for coming on to the show. You're a really great writer. You do comedy, you do drama, you do them all really well. And it's truly an honor to have you on as the first sketch of the season. Well, it's an honor to be the, the first one. I think it's a really solid premise for a series. I, I think you could really take it far if you keep at it. Oh, thank you, man. That means a lot. So you've done a number of different roles in a number of different artistic formats. You've done improv on stage and on the hit show Quick Bits. Um, you've written plays, short films, feature length films and sketches. So speaking as somebody who's been in the writer's room as well as the director's chair, how do you navigate the transition from the page to the screen? Mm, that's a very interesting question, Matt. And it's Definitely a process, a tricky process, because writing on the page is definitely going to be different from being there on the set and directing things in person. Uh, I think it's important, though, that writers understand, if not actively engage on that side of things, because if you're writing from your desk, uh, I feel like it's a definite advantage to know what's going on uh, on the set, uh, what it's like to be the actor, and also just acting itself uh, really helps to express and uh, get creative. I remember uh, doing improv in the VCP was like one of the most creative times I ever had and it helped lead to a lot of really cool sketches and uh, films. Some of my best ideas come out when I'm on stage, just being in the moment and getting out of my head. So yeah, obviously every uh, medium you tackle is going to be different. Uh, it's going to have different challenges. But I feel like a lot of the strengths and skills you build up in others can definitely transfer over. Yeah. So touching on that, you have done, um, you've written plays as well as writing uh, screenplays for whether it be a short sketch or a short film or a feature length film. So what are, aside from some of the obvious format differences, what's the difference between writing something for the stage versus writing something for a film? Hmm. Uh, another tricky one. I think people make the mistake in thinking that there's a huge difference between them. Uh, there are obviously differences in terms of how you approach it as a writer. Uh, in terms of reading it and looking through it, a lot of it is pretty cosmetic, at least in my experience. There's literally on um, one of the uh, softwares I use to write, there's a, a button you can do to switch over from a screenplay to a stage play. And a lot of it is just where uh, the dialogue and the action is placed on the page. You can pretty clearly read through a stage play and then a screenplay next, like uh, immediately after, and you know just pick it up in, uh, immediately. Uh, 
Oh, I see. So there's not a huge difference besides maybe some of those formatting differences and whatnot. Um, so I guess being somebody who's had a play adapted into a stage and um, writing something for film and having that been adapted into a YouTube short or uh, sending it off to somebody to try and make it into a movie. Um, what is the difference in seeing a work that you've written being performed on the stage versus being on the set of a film? What's that kind of like? Okay, I'm going to try and see if I can pull a, a simile out of my, my bag of word <laughs> tricks here. Um, being on a set is a lot like being behind the stage of the universe, whereas be, watching your stage uh, play unfold on the stage is more like having the universe uh, thrown at you, uh, if that makes any sense. It's, uh, I think... Being with the stage play, there's a lot more action. There's a lot more uh, heat, uh, mm. like watching it up there and knowing everybody is watching at once. Uh, while you're on a set, there's obviously that sense of control in that we can do take as many takes as we like. Uh, myself, personally, whenever I'm on a set, I'm usually there as the screenwriter. Uh, I wrote the script. I'm not directing. Uh, I'm usually just there in an advisory capacity. So I just, I find a nook and I, I hide myself like a vampire in a coffin. <laughs> um, but yeah, they both have the same level of, of fun and at the risk of sounding pretentious magic, uh, where it's just sort of all coming to life and obviously watching actors, uh, breathe life into these characters and these stories. Eh, I mean, it's thrilling, you know, I, I watch it come to life and it's, it's one of the biggest highs of my life. Yeah. So I don't know if I, I know you've done this a couple of times where you've written stuff and actually acted in it. Do you prefer to act in your work or do you prefer to watch it be performed by others? I think I get a different kind of joy out of both of it. Obviously, as a writer, I feel like I would prefer to sit back and just sort of observe because that way I can learn a lot more. You know, I'm always looking to improve my writing and, and you know, on a, another level, I just feel like I'm not that great an actor personally. Uh, I'm not as great as, as some of the people I've worked with, of course. Uh, I feel like, and it's way cooler to see someone put their own spin on it because then I can get surprised. Uh, but then when I do act in my own stuff, uh, there's obviously a connection with the other actors. I feel more involved and uh, I, I make a lot more friends and, and have a lot more up close and personal fun. Uh, well, first off, I, I disagree with you. I think you're a very, very talented actor. Well, thank um, you. I, I do. I do my best. <laughs> but um, let's bring it back a little bit. So you're talking about in constantly evolving your style, which is something I really love about your work. You're always doing something different. You're always doing what you want to do by the sounds of it. So where did this all kind of start? What was the first sketch or the short or first thing you've ever kind of written and how did that kind of snowball into you becoming a, a screenwriting major at university and going into uh, filmmaking? Mm, it is very difficult to pin down the first one that started it all. Honestly, I could go all the way back to, I think it was five or, or six years old when I'd have these little um, notebooks where I'd fill up with stuff that is honestly scarily similar to a lot of the stuff I write on Google Docs right now when I'm outlining <laughs> movies and films. Uh, you know, as weird as it sounds, I feel like I was always destined for it. But uh, in reference to, um, you know, evolving my medium, one of the things I always am terrified of is being boxed into one specific thing. 
like, oh, hey, you made a really good comedy. So obviously you're the comedy guy. That's all you're going to do for the rest of your career. That's I mean, that's just so limiting. You know, if, if I want to do something scary or uh, dramatic that really gets at real life stuff, I'm going to do that. I, I honestly don't really care what kind of box they try to put me in. And when there's so much awesome stuff out there you can create or, or watch or experience, why put yourself in one field? Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. And that's something that I think a lot of actors and writers are um, afraid of is getting boxed in. We've seen a lot of actors be typecast in certain roles and being put in certain boxes that they unfortunately aren't able to come out of. And a lot of the actors who try to avoid that seemingly have, um, you know, problems getting work because nobody knows what they are, you know, after a while. Um, I definitely think that you add a lot of different elements to things. I, I read one of your feature length films that you had written earlier this year, and um, it was a great uh, thriller. It was very scary, but it also had a, a bit of a dark humorous quality to it and a bit of a scathing social satire attached to it. So there's always a little bit of that in your work that I can really um, look at. And doing some of the research I saw on your YouTube channel, it's trick that you have a great mix of observational comedy with uh, social commentary that is instantly relatable and on top of that you also have a lot of pulp culture references whether they are referencing game of thrones disney or musical theater so with these in mind with all these different types of uh if we're talking about comedy or even if we're talking in a broader sense of just art in general, if you were to give me like your holy trinity of influences, whether that be, you know, comedic or musically or anything like that, what's, what's your top three places for finding uh, inspiration? Well, if we're talking specifically about the, uh, the sketch we just walked through, I can actually uh, track that all the way back to when I first had the idea. It was all the way back in, um, uh, this one summer when I was working as a laborer doing a reforestation project is super boring. You gather up sticks, uh, you put them in a pile and leave them to be burned later so they can lay down new soil. New soil. Not only uh, boring, but like super uh, exhausting, like very physically demanding. And I remember working on a hillside. It was beautiful. It looked like it should have had um, sheep being herded up and down it. It was just gorgeous out there. And all the physical work I was doing really gave me some time to let my mind wander and do a lot of daydreaming. And I sort of got in this groove thinking about all the classic two-person uh, BBC comedy series I've enjoyed. Uh, you got your Fry and Lorries, your Mitchell and Webbs, uh, all that good stuff. And it just sort of came into my head, which is, I think, one of the first instances where I truly understood uh, the power of the unconscious, focusing on one thing uh, that appears monotonous, so you can sort of let your creativity work in the background. I see. So it's I definitely got a British um, vibe from this, almost like a Monty Python-esque um, kind of quality to it. But Fry and Laurie and uh, Mitch and Webb, I definitely can see playing a role in this too. So harking back to the conversation about different roles in the industry and having different uh, kind of things like you've had, you're, you're a writer, you're a comedian, improviser, as well as an actor and a director. But are there any roles that you would like to try out that you haven't had a chance to um, kind of do yet? Well, that's one of the great things about looking forward in my career is that it's not 
super defined. There's a lot of room for improvising and, and flexibility. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm usually up for anything. I remember actually, uh, I think I wanted you for this one particular sketch, the um, the the movie movie night, uh, that movie night sketch that came up on Sinistrations. Yeah. Uh, I actually ended up writing that one. It was a three page script uh, when I was in class and overheard someone nearby talking about, I need to have this sketch written by tomorrow. And I just poked my head into their conversation and said, How, what kind of sketch do you need? And by the time I got home, I just wrote it in less than an hour. So obviously I'm up for anything. You basically throw me any kind of literary challenge or screenwriting prompt. I can't help but latch onto it and just psh, spill yeah. my, my word vomit all over the computer. That was a, that was something when we did improv together, we had this one sketch that we were trying to work and we could never quite get it right. Um, and it was a sketch. I can't remember whose idea it was. I think it might've been your idea, Patrick, but it was an idea about a guy who goes to a poetry read night and just couldn't kind of get it. He kind of kept being made fun of and whatnot. I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you remember what the, what the criticism for the sketch was? I don't remember that one. Right? It, it was, I think Patrick is, I, I don't, they're like, I don't believe that Patrick would not fit in in the poetry community. I think he's too artistic. I think he would fit right in and he, we could see him doing it way too easily. So it's definitely something about you that uh, many people can see uh, you doing, you know, poetry or writing or directing or all of those kinds of things. And I think That's it's gr a great quality that you're just kind of up for anything. Yeah, I think that criticism definitely speaks volumes. Um, speaking about <laughs> speaking about criticism, uh, mm -hmm. just this past year, you have written like three feature length film screen plays. Four, actually, over three. How many have you written? Written? Uh, I've written uh, four feature lengths in total. Uh, those were all for the Imagine Impact competition, that um, Netflix Ron Howard thing. What oh, they do is they give you a genre prompt. Uh, and a timeline. It's usually a little more than a month, a little less than a month. And I wrote one for each of them. Uh, it didn't go anywhere uh, when I submitted them, but it was a great way to just sort of um, get myself writing and having that solid deadline to sort of push me to get it all out there. It was great. I wrote um, in order. They were The Here and Now, uh, Twinkle Toes, Doctor, Doctor, you saw that one, mm -hmm. and uh, do not open till Xmas. It was some of the most productive uh, stuff I've done. Yeah. So, what were those? Um, what kind of genre would you? Or we're kind of using the term genre loosely here because we've already talked about how you can kind of genre bend and create very interesting stuff that incorporates multiple genres. But um, if you were to give like a basic description, well, how would you classify all of those? Were they all thrillers or were they kind of like a mix? Um, well, listing off the, I can actually tell you the, uh, the genre prompts they gave me, sure. uh, the here and now was an action adventure film accessible yes. to all audience. So watch the sailor talk I'm looking at you, Greg, <laughs> um, the twinkle toes was a lifestyle film with a competition element. So you know, Pitch Perfect, uh, Step Up, stuff like that. Uh, Doctor Doctor was a female-led thriller, so Silence of the Lambs, uh, Bird Box. And the fourth one, uh, Do Not Open Till Xmas, was a action comedy. So like Murder Mystery or, um, oh, Hot Fuzz. 
Oh, nice. So you're writing all of these different scripts that are back to back and you're participating in a kind of a festival kind of thing, if that's the right word to use. Competition. Competition. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the idea. Okay, cool. So with all of those, just in such a crunched kind of condensed time, um, what's it like jumping from genre to genre? Like, what did you learn from that experience about you as a writer? And how does that impact your writing going forward? It was honestly a huge confidence boost because it really helped me uh, try out genres I never really would have seen myself working in other, or at least it would have taken me a while and probably not been the same. And it was honestly exhilarating. Like I, I really challenged myself uh, getting out of my comfort zone, like Twinkle Toes, uh, that competition element story uh, was an idea I'd had forever and not really sat down and put it on paper because I always felt like I could never really get it right. And it honestly turned out being one of the, the best out of the four. Like yeah. it actually turned out making the, uh, the quarterfinals in the Screencraft Film Fund uh, this year. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's an interesting thing. And I think, um, I think it's interesting when we talk about how you're taking ideas that you've had, but maybe haven't really been able to sit down. I know that as a writer myself, I've had that issue where I have an idea and I think, okay, I'll get to that at some point, but there's a certain point at afterwards where I I sit down with this idea and I can't really crank anything out of it. So do you think with writing, when you have an idea, how, how, how is the best way do you think what works for you in going about that idea? When you have a, the light bulb kind of goes off, how do you approach writing that? Um, Well, some of the simplest and most powerful advice I can give, which I've heard from loads of writers who I respect and adore is just write. Sit down, uh, put one word after the other, and then put a period on the end of it. Uh, the worst thing you can do as a writer is to just um, procrastinate, which is honestly a huge challenge and problem. But I feel like when I really hit my stride and get into the zone with that stuff is when I get over the idea of it being perfect, because it's never going to be perfect or exactly as you have in your head. Uh, You just have to accept it's not going to be exactly right, but I'm at least going to have something. Like by the end of the day, I'm going to have a few paragraphs. And most of the time that turns out to be uh, a page, three pages. uh, And then by the next day, you're halfway through the chapter. Awesome. Great. Well, that's a, that's very inspiring because that is definitely a problem for me where I procrastinate and procrastinate and procrastinate. But recently I've been trying to sit down and write more often. So um, that's very good. What, what other advice or if any advice would you give to aspiring writers today um, who want to try and try their hand at maybe different genres? Uh, Well, in reference to um, procrastination, obviously there are exceptions to those, you know, you can, Obviously, try different approaches if you're really struggling. Um, Sometimes I go for long walks just to clear my head and listen to music. Uh, Talking about writing with uh, like-minded individuals, looking at you, Matthew, uh, really helps. Um, Definitely, uh, one lesson I picked up from university that was really good is pitching your ideas. Uh, You're never going to get any better if you don't get any practice. And talking about your ideas out loud really helps you see 
what's working, what isn't working. If you can get excited talking about your ideas and your projects, that is uh, invaluable. That is a goldmine. Awesome. So let's shift gears and let's uh, direct our attention at the unusual suspect, which we've just been working on for the last uh, little bit here of doing a couple of read-throughs. And uh, I think we had a great time doing it. So seeing this performed live, how did you feel about uh, your sketch? I was honestly really, really happy with how it turned out. Um, a lot of differences from in my head, but I feel like that's part of the appeal of hearing it read out loud. And uh, seeing it done in this format, like the, the Zoom format, uh, really helps me connect it with uh, a lot of stuff I'm seeing nowadays. Uh, you know, with people doing stuff more online and reading it, uh, it really makes me hopeful for like uh, things in the future. Yeah, absolutely. So you talk about some differences in how you initially um, saw it. Um, what were some of the differences, uh, like if you were speaking about like some of the characters and the ways that maybe they were portrayed differently, how did you initially picture them versus how they actually turned out? Uh, well, like I said before, I don't usually like to get involved in the script because I like to keep myself at a distance so I can observe and learn. So I wasn't really uh, prepared to be myself, like as involved as I was. And I, I was surprised that I got to lend that kind of energy uh, to the character uh, that I didn't usually see when I was reading it through at first. Uh, and I felt like it turned over pretty well. And, you know, the way it interacted with uh, Bates's character and sort of got a back and forth going, I felt like that really turned out quite well. Yeah, awesome. We have Greg here as well, who just did a lovely read for the character of Bates. Greg, how did you feel about the uh, the sketch? I thought it was awesome. I thought it was hilarious. It definitely <clears throat> reading it with uh, with Patrick made me see the genre play that he can do because I didn't read it as 1940s sort of inspired noir at the beginning. Uh, but once once I heard his delivery, I was like, oh, there's there's layers to this, <laughs> and I like that. Honestly, the most uh, challenging part was to sort of keep myself from saying it and not spraying it throughout the whole time. <laughs> it's really, really difficult when you have yourself up there on screen. Oh, God, that's how I look. And you just have to keep going. But, oh, I hope he can fix it in post. <laughs> Don't worry. I definitely uh, feel the same way. This is all CGI. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. No. I knew I'm, no one could look that good. This is Ugh. my stunt double. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got my handsome twin brother to uh, play the role for me, just just to put him up there. I'm doing the talking and whatnot. Um, oh, Cat Hall. I, I remember him. Cat Hall, yep. Um, so seeing your sketch performed live now, is there anything that you would do differently or that you would change about it? Well, honestly, it's been so long since I've uh, been back to this script, since I wrote it, like years and years. The idea of seeing it performed live uh like either on stage or film seems a little foreign to me um honestly i would just want the actors to have as much fun as they could um you know production value obviously enters into it uh whether we'd be doing it in uh, i mean obviously i usually uh pictured it as a student film just something to do in an afternoon uh in someone's kitchen yeah no big plans aside from that yeah, 
Awesome. Well, um, we're talking about how everything's kind of online now and we're kind of in a unprecedented time. And I'm sure that if this hadn't have happened, we might've had the opportunity to actually film this in person. So as a writer working today, who's actually just recently uh, kind of graduated from university and going into screenwriting, how has the pandemic kind of affected your career and when steps moving forward? Hmm. Well, the pandemic definitely brought a halt to a lot of stuff. Uh, honestly, I had this solid plan worked out for what I was going to do after I graduated. I was going to take a month off just to decompress after like four solid years of, of dealing with essays and deadlines. Uh, then I was going to get a full-time job so I could save up money and use that to fund other literacy projects. Uh, that one month of doing nothing has turned out to be a year now. Uh, and obviously, with all the businesses shut down, I can't really raise up a lot of funds with that. Interestingly enough, though, it's opened up a lot of time to work on my writing and my projects, which I've definitely taken full advantage of because, you know, not really a lot of alternatives. And it's given me time to research into a lot of other ways to sort of get my work out there. Uh, like actually just this Monday, I did a the first ever read through for one of my feature length scripts, The Here and Now, with this organization called Virtual Playtime. And it was amazing. Everyone had fun with the script. Uh, I got to see so many people like putting their own spin on characters and it was beautiful. And everyone was complimenting me, which which I also like. <laughs> All righty. Well, we're definitely going to have you back on the show because this was a lot of fun and you're a fantastic writer. I think you're always doing really interesting stuff with all of your sketches. You always have layers, even if it's a simple sketch like this. Um, I, I love having you on the show and it's great to see you. Uh, final question. Are there any upcoming projects that we can look forward to? Uh, well, I'm always working on this uh, one novel uh, that I always have on the road. It's called The Sleepy King. It's basically an allegory for um, Christianization, uh, basically rewriting Celtic myths and uh, Irish folklore from back in the days. Uh, it's got a lot of references to mythology, uh, popular literature. I am, let's see, I'm on chapter 16, I think, and working hard on that one. Uh, there are a bunch of other uh, projects I want to work on, like um, uh, this one idea I came from that uh, relates back to what we were talking about on genres uh, and being boxed into one particular set. A great way to get out of that, which I've seen a lot of writers do, is to do genre crossing, uh, where they don't really, they make it so original they can't really confine to any one space or genre. It plays out like an ordinary uh, horror bunch of teenagers get away to a resort and then they start getting picked off one by one by mass killers. Halfway through, they reveal that they're actually in a simulation and the teenagers we've been watching are uh, digital copies of their real world selves being abused by these uh, sociopaths who want to live out their own uh, sick murder fantasies. And then with that bridges us into a, a whole conversation of are they actually real people if they're digital copies of themselves? Well, that just broke my brain in the best way possible. And um, I'm very excited to, to read that and check that out whenever that is uh, ready and made available. But thank you so much once again for uh, being on the show. We love having you here, buddy, and we can't wait to have you again.
Uh, looking forward to being back, buddy. Alrighty. Well, that was a great interview, wasn't it? Hell yeah. What a guy. What a guy. I love what Patrick. Guy. He's, su- he's super sweet, super kind, and he's super intelligent as well. I, I can't get over how how just good at writing he is. It's just mm-hmm. phenomenal. And yeah, he just has boundless inspiration that I think is very inspiring. Yeah. Thank you for listening, folks, to our first foray into the interview world. I hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, you can find all our links and relevant social media pages at halconmedia.com. Follow us on Instagram at the Greg and Matt Movie Chat and stay groovy. Watch a movie.